G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Guitar Wank episode. Thank you for joining us. This is your host, Troy McCubbin, and uh, 2020, baby, here we go. I am still in uh, back in December the 30th. What is it? Monday the 30th of uh, December. And you are in uh, the future. You are on the 20th. Right? Yeah, the 20th. Damn, it's Nam Week, baby. Nam Week. I'll be missing that. Uh, but I think Bruce and Scott will be there. So if you're going to Nam, look out for Bruce and Scott. Um, call Scott a bitch. <laughs> what up, bitch? And call, hey, yell out to Bruce. Hey, Bruce, let's go get a beer. That That's probably fitting for those two. Um... Yeah, so if you're out checking out Nam, go say g'day to everyone and have a good time. What else to say? Um, I hope your January 2020 is going quite well. I'm still on a beach in Manly. No, no, I'm not. I'm in Melbourne right now. I'm in Melbourne, in Port Melbourne, near another beach. So uh, hopefully having a great time. Uh, that's what I hope. You guys, by the way, are about to sit back and listen to the remaining of Jude Gold, our guest, three times, Jude. I know, mate. I, I know you told me, Jude called me, said, Troy, I don't think there's enough material there for uh, for any more than two shows. Probably you've barely got two shows. And how wrong was Jude? Jude, we had three shows. We're milking this puppy as much as possible. Um, I know Bruce and Scott, they went on uh, a bit of a tangent. You were there, you were a part of it, so uh, you've been dragged into it, mate. As uh, as I said before, this is Guitar Wank. There will be no editing on my watch. Um, I can't believe I'm actually doing intros at this point. But anyway, we are at 197, peoples. Wow, we are nearly in the home stretch for 200 shows. God, at 200 shows, is something special going to happen at all? Oh my God, I pray that something will happen if <laughs> I mentioned stuff to Scott and Bruce and like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But anyway, okay, so let's get into it. This is the remainder of Jude Gold. Jude, we've punished you enough. I know you are regretting every moment that you're on the show, wherever you are in the world, sir. I apologize. Uh, you're going to have to get... Uh... Oh, you had Scott on the show. You had Bruce. Oh, maybe you should have me on No Guitar Is Safe. There you go. That'll, there's a challenge for you. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. All right, so have a great NAM week, everyone. Um, I can't say I'm that sorry I'm missing it, but I uh, hope all is well. Remember, if you haven't got a Guitar Wank hat, cap, mug, T-shirt, underwear, G-string, whatever you need, go to guitarwank.com. Email us at guitarwank at gmail.com. Or you can go to Patreon, and uh, I believe it's a tax write-off, right? It is. Go there and support us through patreon.com slash guitarwank or just go to guitarwank.com and hit one of the... It's on the side. It's one of the the sub topics on the side. You'll see it. Look. Okay. All right. I wonder what news is happening in the future. All right. Um, (laughs) These intros are just going to... I'm doing a ton of shows right now all at once. And... um, yeah, interesting stuff. It's amazing technology. I can record this in the past, and you are now in the future. Mind blown. 
Alright. Okay, shut up, McCubbin. Nothing has changed. Alright, guys, have a great one. Be safe. Um, big shout out to my, my mate Anthony at Lucky Dog Guitars. I have a Lucky Dog uh, tally that I purchased in uh, late last year. And I can't say how much I love it. I love it a lot. He makes fantastic guitars. The man's in Tennessee. And uh, I bought a beautiful Telecaster that kicks ass. It really rocks. It really is an awesome guitar. Check them out. We're going to get Anthony on the show to talk about it. But uh, luckydogguitars.com. Go check out like uh, Anthony and his work. He's making some stellar, stellar guitars. And, uh, yeah, very, very happy to have one. Okay. All right, that's enough. We'll see you guys all next week for episode 198, which this is 197, so I would assume 198 comes next, okay? And then 199, and then who knows? Who knows where we're going with this, people? So uh, there you go. All right, uh, enjoy the last episode with Mr. Jude Gold. We apologize sincerely, Jude, and uh, hopefully we will... Like if I'm playing over five, there's these licks that just naturally resolve beautifully to one, you know. And I have probably over a thousand of them right. written down, you know. But I have my favorite ones, and then sometimes I work on them because I forget them, and I just go, oh yeah, that's a badass line. But when I see someone like Wayne Shorter and and or Jeff Beck, sometimes I think in my mind that they just don't think that way. Right. They don't think about they don't have licks. You know, they're just going for something new all the time. Well, you know, but, sounds like it to me. But, right, Bruce, yeah. Bruce. What's the difference between a lick and a phrase? <clears throat> Big difference. What would define? Because, well, to me, a lick is something that you play the same way every single time you play it. A oh. phrase is a new piece of a melody that you just made up out of thin air. Oh, uh, you know, you I know? don't know that so, I totally agree with that. I agree with some of it. Uh huh. I would say a lick is something you think, and a phrase is something you hear. 
Yeah, oh, but and when you hear <laughs> no, and when you hear it now, you've 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 added it, and now it has context. First of all, it belongs to what happened before it. It it leads into the thing that happens after it. The articulation, the dynamics, all of these, the, the time shading, all of that stuff is is in there with that phrase. When it's a lick, it's I'm going to play that thing I know. Starts here, ends here. But I don't, I don't to think me, of that's it that the difference. way. That's the difference between a lick and a phrase. But I mean, because a lick is a phrase. I don't think a of lick it, is a phrase. I don't think of it that way. But a lick is a phrase. You can, you, you, it <laughs> you can, can't yeah. deny that. No, no, I don't deny it. But fight, this is fight, what I'm fight, saying. Fight. This is what I'm saying is that there, if you know a lick really well. Yeah. You don't have to think before you play it. Then it, it just comes out. Then it's a phrase. I don't agree because it's the same time every fucking time you play it. Now, what's a riff? The, 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 that's, because you, you know. that's because you heard it that way. Well, I'm not saying that you can't mutate licks that you've learned and that's play them different every time. Everybody. everybody just knows what they know and they they work with the, what they know to make new things. Yeah, that's true. But what I'm saying is that if you have, let's say, a lick and you figure out a way to play it in a way that rhythmically matches what came before it and what's going to come after it, it grows beyond being a lick. It grows beyond... I think that's it, what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. Then, then we agree. Yeah, I mean, what the, I'm the saying only thing that makes those, it a phrase is you hear it, it belongs in context, yes. it has musical qualities to it. Right. And it started as a lick... Right. But it became a phrase. But what I'm talking about is... I think is that's pretty much what everybody does, and I don't think Wayne is any different than that, and I don't think <clears throat> Jeff Beck is any different from, from what I listen to them, and having listened... Far more of Wayne, of course, than Jeff Beck, in my case. Uh, having listened to the development of their playing, and having studied it, I mean, I hear how those ideas... You know, the, the evolution of that. I'm not really saying that... I'm not really saying, I think, what you think I'm saying. Because, um, um, boy, I've studied Wayne Shorter a lot. And I don't hear licks. I don't hear them. I don't, I, when I hear Charlie Parker, I hear licks. Oh, I don't, I don't hear licks with Bird, man. I hear phrases, but I don't hear Bird licks. I do. I do. We agree to disagree on that yeah, one. No, let's you know, go deeper with like, this. If you guys no, want to just like, get deep. When I, hear, when I hear, like, say, for example, Barney Castle, right. I hear licks. Ooh. I hear licks. I, I mean, I hear Ooh. the same licks over and over and over and over and over. Right. And and I and and on different songs and in different contexts. And when I hear a lot of jazz players, I hear licks because I hear those same five one resolutions, the same played the same way in the same exact tempo in the same exact style. You know, da 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 da. da. I hear it a hundred fucking times. That's a lick. And it's not part of the music. It's a fucking lick. So what I'm saying is that when I try not to do that, and I, my whole life is based on trying not to do that, you know, what I'm saying is that when I work on those licks, I'm trying to get to where I can disguise them and play around with them and mutate them so that they don't sound like the lick that I learned, which might be, give me a guitar. Here we Whoa. go. Woohoo! Yeah, Holy step and duck shit. Scott's yeah. picking up a guitar. No, I mean, this is, here's one of the no most cliche licks no that you've ever heard that. in your life. Uh, 
You know, yeah. I play mean, it, play it I've just heard that lick so many times. Or, or, yeah, or, uh, or, I've heard those fucking licks so many times that I never, ever, ever want to hear them in my life. Again, but when you're playing right. them as a phrase, so, you're not literally. You're not. Your goal isn't just to play them different. It's not that cerebral. You're following your heart. I mean, I'm saying this because yeah. I listen to you. Yeah, but I'm. You're just I'm, going for. If I have that in my mind, and if this is under my fingers, I might go, and that might be the only yeah. thing that I play of it. Just this. Uh, yeah. Or something like that. I might do something that. It started off because I learned that lick, but I'm never going to play that lick exactly like I learned it because it would make me puke, you know? So, so, so. So you feel like some players really get set so in their licks. What I'm saying is when I hear guys like Jeff Beck or Wayne, I don't hear those traditional cliche licks. I hear them just going often just. It's almost like they're really singing, like they're just yeah. playing melodies, you know, like Miles did and, and like those guys. They're so, everything's so clear and pure that nothing is spoiled by, let's say, a traditional cliché. You just don't hear it. Well, I, I, would, I, don't I, I would really yeah. disagree, but I'm not going to waste our time. Yeah, with whatever. Just sitting on the couch you know, with that. Maybe you know, like maybe every once in a while you do. I heard Wayne Shorter one time go, but da 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 da. You know the typical <laughs> da da Man, da da da. You know. I could. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Whatever. I'm sure there's whatever. Whatever. I mean, with, I mean, and, I, and I don't call them licks either because he heard it and he played it. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, then none of those are licks to me. I mean, uh, it all starts yeah. with licks. What I, it, it starts with it. But what I try to do, I guess what I'm trying to do is, like, when I practice, and I guess if that's what you call practicing, like you say, when you practice, you just play. And what I do well, is... Well, I discover and dig deep. Yeah, I try, to, I try to take those lines that I, that I know and somehow figure out a way to, like, you know, experiment with their brothers. You know what I mean? Like, like this lick, I learned it like this, but it has a brother that sounds completely different, though it's based on that lick. And then if I manage to sort of be able to come up with these little brothers and sisters of that lick, then I don't feel so bad about yeah. using them as a, as a jumping off point. You well, know? I think you're even, but, just even individual you know, notes, I hear you pushing them and taking us just... Even a note with it's the way you mostly it. damage control yeah. with me. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. like trying to trying to trying to recover from the thing that I just played, because I think we all yeah. feel sometimes like we're happy, we're happy, we're happy, and then something terrible happens, <laughs> and then you got to damage control that until you can get back to a point where you're happy again. Do you ever feel like that, Bruce? All the time. Yeah, I feel like that all the time. I feel like I can usually play it I know, there's yeah. not as happy as you are most no, of the time. I, I think I'm usually about happy for about 10 to 15 seconds, and then something horrible happens, and then I have to damage control that, and then, then I can be happy for another 10 seconds or something like that. But, well, you know, I mean, uh, to me, it's far more about pocket and flow yeah, yeah. And melodic motif. And you know, and, and if you're hearing what you're playing, it, there's no way it can be a lick, regardless of if you've played it or somebody else has played it. Yeah. It's, it belongs in the moment in the context of what you're doing 
in no way it can be a lick. I mean, I'm, I don't play licks yeah. because I hear everything I do, and I play it the way I'm playing it, and I'm not even concerned with that. And whether it's something that was played by Albert King or was played by, you know, Charlie Parker or Barney Kessel or whatever, you know, I mean... I just it's, it's it doesn't matter to me. I'm just playing it now. Mm-hmm. And that and that concept would that mean like you? I know when you talk about language, and music and language, like oh, don't go down there. Okay. <laughs> no, what was the? I, I'm interested to hear. No, what you, just like the way I'm talking now, using that phrase. The way I'm talking now is that a lick or is that a phrase? It depends, and it's, it's all has to do with the context. You know, Amen. It, it all it all depends Thank on you. what came before it and what came after. I rest after. my case. You know, I always tell my students. And that, you're impeached. That, no, I, I always tell my students that if you read a book and it had no paragraphs and no periods or question marks and it was just text, it wouldn't be incorrect. It would just be very hard on the eyes, and mm. you'd get bored after a while reading it because it would be harder to read. Right. So if you play like that and you don't leave any spaces, or if you don't create any motifs that have, uh, that have you know, actual endings and start times. In other words, I might play an idea for a while, and if I see some involvement from the bass player and drummer, or I feel like this idea is going somewhere, then I let it go somewhere until I feel that it's over, mm. and then I stop, take a breath, and maybe start on a new idea. To me, that's like a paragraph. Right. You know? And if you don't play paragraphs, then you give the drummer and the bass player nothing to play with. And that's what's boring about jazz. That's why jazz, that's why some people don't like jazz, because there's some jazz that is boring, because the bass player just walks, the drummer just plays a groove, and the soloist is just playing a solo all by himself without any interaction from anybody else. As is the same with rock. True. It's the same with with it's every true. form of music it's there true. is. It's yeah. true. Yeah. There can be that, really bad that, rock. And there's the other thing. Because if mean. you listen to like Led Zeppelin live and and listen to some of those jams, they're jamming like everybody's participating. It's not like just he's over there playing the same beat. Right. And, yeah. I mean, they're really, really, uh, they're gelling just like a jazz group would. Yeah. You know. So yeah, there. That's the beauty of when the music is happening and everybody's listening to each other and and and. It's a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the best part about music in, in the first place, I guess. But uh, I don't know how hey, we got groove. Stop referee or do something, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Right. Anyway, yeah. We had Jude's well, I here. You guys so, are touching on no, groove too. We always too. talk about this shit. Like, I mean, the groove is so important. It's one person can play a phrase, and another person plays it with some sense of groove, or being able to float over the bar lines, and suddenly the phrase rises above the music. And that's a huge thing. Or a band is grooving together. To me, there's nothing more exciting on earth, and this was especially happening around the Bay Area when I was 18, than seeing a band that had something as a unit, the four or five of them together having this groove that everyone in the room can feel. You're just like, it's something new and magical. And, you know, you're like, man, that band's going to get signed. And sure enough, like, they have something. You know, when, mm-hmm. when somebody has that, mm-hmm. I think nowadays yeah. it is a little more tempting to overdub everything because we all have separate studios and everything's like an overdub or flying tracks around the, the web or yeah. massaging them. But I've been doing records like that for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, but you do your basics. No, we play the basics yeah. together, but there's definitely going to be some overdubbing. That's for sure. Yeah, we, there's always we, overdubs. With all the guests, I, I guess 
when I see uh, No Guitar Is Safe podcast, I see the amount of guests that you have. I'm not jealous or, or anything. No, he is jealous. <laughs> 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 um, but um, <laughs> uh, do you, after all talking to all these players, and, and I know I get a sense of Bruce and Scott and what they do, but do you get a sense of how a lot of these guys practice, a lot of these players practice and how they approach music? Do you see a... a a theme with them or it's again just really different with everyone i think everyone's different but i always have the infinite respect for the scots and the bruces i assume and dan gilberts who are like you you talk to them at 12 noon you're like did you practice today and they're like yeah of course right you know that boggles my mind i'm a binge <clears throat> practicer i'll stumble on something and then i'll go down some road for six hours or something but then another day might go by where I don't really. So I feel like everyone's different. Right. But it also depends what kind of music they're into, too. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like some people, Rick Holmstrom, great player. You know him? He yeah. plays with Mavis Staples now, and that was just such a, he brought out his 59 telly, man. He's playing these blues licks kind of like, I don't know, Hollywood Fats kind of with a R&B sort of thing. Yep. Does he shed phrases every morning i don't know but he's doing something right because right. it just no. it just feels so good it's so different than any other guest Does but Kurt you know Fletcher Jude, shed? when you talk about that there's there's a lot of guys that you might think like i'm one of those guys i'm not really one of those guys i'm not a eight hour a day practicer every day yeah. or even two there's many days go by when i don't touch my guitar it's not because i don't want to but it's because when you wear a bunch of hats as we all have yeah. to do as musicians, you got to do other stuff. You know, like yeah. like your day is filled up doing other stuff. It still has to do with music, I guess but it just doesn't yeah. have to do with your guitar at that moment. I you think know? Dan is the only guy who practices every day. Dan Gilbert. Well, he might be. I mean, <laughs> he's so blazing. You know? Would you guys say no, that saying, it really Scott. is a young man's? Um, and when you're growing up, when you're a young young person, woman, man, whatever setting yourself up as a career and how you take off like that's when you make the groundwork for the rest of your life because i wouldn't expect you and bruce would be practicing every day i would ex probably expect that you guys play you know majority of the time but i don't expect yeah. that you would sit down and practice well for, yeah. for for example i spent pretty much the last two days booking flights and hotels right yeah it's part of my gig you know what i mean He's a so travel agent. so uh, and I wish, you know... That's how Scott earns his extra money. No, yeah. no, I, 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 no, Actually, he does great. I, I let him do most of my... I wish I could use a travel agent, but that doesn't work right. in my situation That's right a lot now. of work. But life it is a lot of work. Way. You know, life gets in the way sometimes of you. And what I'm doing yeah. is part of my gig as a musician that I, that I have to do. Sometimes I have to work technical shit. I have to install a plug-in. Or I have to do computer yeah. shit, or I have to do stuff that has to do with tones and engineering, and it's not playing the guitar, but it's every bit as important to what I do as playing guitar. So all right, let me rephrase it. the question yeah. to all you guys: If you're say forty-year-old guitar player and you're intermediate, can you become? I sense, I sense this is a little bit of a subjective question. Can you become? <laughs> can you go to that level of? you know big pro player if by at that age do you think age has a difference 
a with lot becoming of people don't a great, get great brilliant player. until they're sixty or so. I've I've seen it happen. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've Have seen it. Seen has it this too. person you're describing been dedicated to the guitar? Uh, I'm working my ass off, dude. And I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> no, 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 the thing is, is yeah, it, it, it's easier when you're younger for a couple of reasons. One, your body and your brain. Two, there's less demands on your time. You know, Absolutely. just think back when you were 20. You probably didn't have a kids. You didn't no. have a wife. You didn't have a mortgage. You didn't have, like, things. Didn't have so money. it was easy. It was easy. Yeah, you didn't have money to go out and hang. So yeah. it was easier just to, to, to donate, to play so much. Yeah. You get older. Now you've got a body that's got little issues with it, you know, and breakdowns, and your brain is not as fertile as it was when it was younger, particularly your memory. And... um no, huh? and, 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 and then the demands. What do you say? The, what do you say? Who, who said no. that? Uh, and and then demands on your time are were, are bigger now. Yeah. So so in order, I've seen guys do it, but it's harder. It's the truth is is it's harder. But those are the reasons why, and they're not insurmountable by any means. But it demands a prioritization. Of resources, of time, basically, and energy. Can you? Can that was so perfectly said. What? What I? Said what he just what he said, said. What he just said, because it was said in the most perfect way. Wow! Thank you, Scott. Well, it yeah. was because right, it, this, Dana, this, must, this should be the episode two hundred. No, because because you know it is about the prioritization of what you're doing because you can't just magically become better on the guitar. You have to actually spend hours and hours and hours with the guitar to get better at it. And, and he's right. Like, now, God, when I think about spending the amount of time on the guitar that I spent on it when I was in my 20s, there would be absolutely no possible way because mm -hmm. the demands of my life wouldn't allow it. Yeah. And, and a lot of those demands don't even have anything to do with having kids or having a family. They have to do with being a band leader. Yeah. Got to make records. Got to write music. Got to do this got to book flights got to get this tour happening got to blah 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 got to make phone calls it, this it's a whole that's a whole uh, you know got to make money career make yeah, money. It's, yeah it's basically you're trying to make like, money i don't know if you yeah. have this problem dude i like uh, i'm gonna go see uh, brent mason and richard smith tomorrow night thanks to bruce I'm going to go see him. Mr. Big Dick? Who? Richard Smith. <laughs> we it? call him Mr. Big Dick. Uh, I don't know if you think yeah. it's the one we... we no, it's it's uh. English Richard Smith. Oh, English Richard Smith. Uh. Not Mr. Big <laughs> Dick? Mr. Big Tiny Dick? <laughs> what <laughs> podcast am I on I'm going to go up to him tomorrow Mr. night. Mr. Big Dick. Yeah. I'll say to him tomorrow night, hey, Mr. Big Dick, and then I've got the wrong Mr. Oh, Richard Smith. Oh, that's the wrong Richard Smith. But anyway, <laughs> I'm thinking, what... I mean, I'm a big Brent Mason fan. I love his playing. He's a monster, blah, 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 but... At this point Have in my you life, Brent? you've had Brent, right? No, yeah, I haven't. I, I've had an agreement from him to do it if I ever oh. go to Nashville. But at what point? What, he's I really mean, good, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, so oh, clean and just total badass. What do you ask badass. these guys? Because really, at my point so in my career, at where I'm at, really, it's just like, dude, how much more information do you need? You need to just spend time with your instrument. That's really what it comes That's down to. That's really what it is. Spend time with your instrument. There's nothing else we can give you than just go spend time with your instrument. That's and not. Shut up. No, that's not you necessarily disagree? true. Yeah, I mean, I think a teacher can help save time. Well, I've had can, plenty can, of teachers can, can give you like, okay, spend an hour with this instead of an hour with what you're doing, and you're going to get 
you're gonna you're gonna get closer to where you want to go. It, it help with efficiency. That's where a right. teacher can really they can point out what you're doing wrong that you can't see. Like Scott had mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. people can just say, "Hey, like this, I see this happening. Be careful of this. Watch out for that." It gives you things to fix. You know that you, because you're so into it, you don't necessarily yeah, notice it. That's that's where teachers are really valuable. That's where people don't really understand the value of a teacher. They come to you and they expect to get like ten like a butcher. You know, for my for my hundred bucks I want my forty pounds of beef. You know what I mean? And then they walk out and they don't feel like they got their forty pounds of beef, which which is which in their mind is like licks and reharmonizations and whatever. Right. But you just kind of made them think about it differently, mm. which is really thousand pounds of beef. But they don't understand that in that moment, and it makes the the relationship as a teacher for me difficult because I want them to feel value. Right. Yet at the same time, I have to be honest. Yeah. And, and really tell them what I think is going to work. And they come to me for answers, and I feel like if I can get them to leave with more questions, I've done my job. And so we've got that basic dissonance going. We have to do this dance, you know. But, yes, a teacher will save you time. Oh, see that? See that? There's a golden nugget. Let there. me ask you another nugget. question. Real this teacher is, right this here. This relates to what I'm talking about. Right. Are you playing seven nights a week right now? No. Well, when I was in my 20s and when Bruce was in his 20s, we were playing seven, seven nights a, a week, week, five sets a night. And if right. it were for this fucking podcast, yeah. I still would be. Yeah, right. So, so oh, that, actually, that actually more than practicing is, was really the most beneficial thing that I ever did for being a good guitar player. That's yeah. how I became, if I am a good guitar player, that's how I did it. Yeah. Because I played every single night, and I played in top 40 bands and played cocaine. Da, 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 da. Well, I played and then in jazz people, bands and did cocaine. Yeah, so. yeah and, and me too. You know, But I, I, played, I played cocaine, and as soon as I started playing da, 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 people came on the dance floor and danced and I played 60-minute guitar solos. Wow. And nobody gave a shit yeah. because everybody was dancing and drunk off their asses. And that's how I learned how to play. Yeah. And I've always been in bands like that who always looked at Top 40 not as a career but just as a means to practice. Practice. Oh, it makes so, you play so many styles you would never yeah. think about it. Yeah. You, have to learn, you have to learn off records which helps your ear. Yeah. You know, you have to... I was always the guy who like had to learn the songs and then write the charts for the rest of the band. Right. And we would play Steely Dan, Weather Report, and fun music, as well as the the you know the most popular "Hit Me with Your Best Shot" yep, yep. and Madonna hits that we had to play. Yeah. But but that experience of just playing nightly, night after night after night after night for years, for twenty mm-hmm. years, yeah, that's that's what helped me more than practicing. Yeah. I think yeah. that helps you with your you rhythm know, playing too. So helps many you with players. Everything. I yeah. think if you're sitting alone in your room, you're not tempted to really learn mm-hmm. to play rhythm yeah, yeah, and groove. Yeah, but yeah. when you're shoved on, like I joined a couple of corporate bands in San Francisco. I used to do weddings, wineries, everything every weekend mm-hmm. for six years or something. And it was like we do every night. You know, you start off with Sinatra, or first you might start off with just some little dinner jazz, and you move through the Sinatra, then the Motown. And you're covering every single step. That's why you all can the, do what you do, man. That's why it, you can play all these different styles. Well, you're being forced to stand there and play rhythm guitar behind the singers for, like, you know, 
probably 85% of the night. You get yeah. some guitar solos mm -hmm. and some, maybe some songs have a cool riff or something. Mm -hmm. But I think that is really the best way to learn how to play rhythm guitar is if you get on the yeah. gig and you're doing all that transcription and learning songs and you're showing up. You learn how to show up to a gig with zero rehearsal and know your stuff. I mean, that's a really important thing, I think, for someone who wants to work in a lot of bands is can you really learn a set of tunes or something with zero rehearsal and show up on that bandstand and get through it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's something yeah. that all that experience you're talking about really really gets you. Yeah, it's really it's huge, isn't it? It's totally it, oh, it's yeah. so big. I mean, it's, mine mine wasn't the top forty world, of course, but it's the same thing in the jazz world. Yeah, because I left that world like hating it by the end of it. I mean you do, you get to the end of it and you're like, I never want to do that shit ever again. And then you go yeah. off and you do the other stuff, but it's such a great grounding for everything. Yeah. I was yeah. lucky just because I've never been in a real, um, like, I don't know what you call it, uh, a, 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 I don't know, a corporate top Cabaret 40 band. band where you really have to play the solos that are on the record. Right, and you have to really, stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you know, like, say if you were going to play the Red Onion circuit, you would really have to learn the music the way it sounds on the record, and you would have people crossing their arms and going, I don't know, it doesn't sound like the solo on the record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it, it, it would be a different scene. Yeah. But I played in all the shit bars and yeah. didn't make as much money, but the, the with, with musicians who were like me, they just wanted to use the gig as a way to practice. Mm. So I mean, It was yeah. a different time, man. It was a yeah. different time. The audiences weren't as... Well, they were drunk. <laughs> yeah, maybe that, that, uh, that helps. They were just a maybe, bunch of drunks. Maybe that's why. But they also yeah. weren't, I mean, back then it was more about a, making something happen, a feeling yeah. in the room. It yeah. wasn't like recreating a record. No, I mean, right? I played that, in dance that's, clubs. That's, if people yeah. were on that's the dance a, that's floor. That's a thing that, that is, yeah. is fairly new, like, over the last 20 years. Right. You know, even top 40 bands, when I was a kid coming up, and I, my friends played in them when I was playing straight ahead, mm -hmm. you know, we would hang out. Right. Bars. They they weren't really like playing the record. They were mm. just playing the tunes off the right, record. They knew right. the basic hook licks and they got the basic sounds and got it going. But mm -hmm. then then it was just kind of whatever they did after that, right. you know. And that whole thing of like these bands really recreating the shit. That's a that's a like the last twenty years kind of phenomenon. And it's thing. not that fun. Cause you're I mean, just, I don't know. You know. It's really, they're great musicians. I, I've got a guy who teaches at USC with me who plays in one of those bands. Man, the guy is, is a monster. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that, they're not, that they can't play. I'm just saying that playing the music that strictly can't be as much fun as totally just improvising well, off of it and doing what you want. Live you in know? L.A., paying his mortgage. I you love know? it when bands or artists take a great song and do their own thing with it as just as much as i love a great new original song yeah yeah you know, like me did too. you ever hear marco mendoza and, and yeah uh, sure those guys and heredia do, uh, and those guys yeah <laughs> they did i feel good james brown mm -hmm. you could not transform it any further from what the song is but yet it is still james brown i feel good well, they and did it's amazing they did so many i mean they were like uh, they were like la's top 40 jazz band for yeah. many 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 years and 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 with a almost all female audience you know because wow. that because marco and joey were late lady killers 
and Renato too, and 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 almost like a Bruce show. That's actually how. <laughs> man, yeah. I'm a lady killer, right? Yeah. I mean, but anyway, I'll find out. Those how many guys, women killed. those guys didn't have one original song. It was the mushroom? Oh, man, they packed that club every single time they played there. It was sold out. It's funny. I've been you know, to Lavalie they, twice. Once to see them and once to see you. Uh huh. That was before I lived. Yeah, we we had wow. probably had five people and they were like completely <laughs> no. sold out. But you had a great. But, yeah, but, yeah, I, I remember guys had a way back. This is an old. Yeah. This is an old fart story. <laughs> I was at a festival. I God, I'm trying to remember which one. It might have been like the Telluride Jazz Festival or what. Like I'm talking, you know, dark ages. And I was there with Shelly Mann. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting, I think it was Billy Child's trio, or maybe Billy's trio was backing another guy up. And we went to hear them. And Joey Heredia was like a young kid playing. Wow. Uh-huh. And me and Shelly are there. And we were like, this play, kid plays so fucking good. We just, like, loved him. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, look at his hands. Oh, shit. You know, like, Shelly was freaking out how mm-hmm. great. And I was digging it, too, but, mm-hmm. you know. Shelly man was was sitting there. We just you know <laughs> digging yeah. on Joey Radio man. You know when he was like it. probably in his early twenties. Yeah, time, you know? yeah. I saw Kenny Garrett and, and uh, Ronald Bruner Jr. throwing down in Oakland in a city park once. It was yeah. like yeah, I love that feeling when you just stumble across some great players. Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn. Joey Joey is on the most popular Tribal Tech album of all the albums. Is the one that Joey's on. Oh, yeah, cool. and he played on the, the the fourth album, and he played great on that record. He's he, still, he's I mean, what is he doing really these good. days? Well, he's playing. You know, he's around. I don't. I now that Lavalie is gone, that was a big hit to all the fusion guys because uh, there was there's really nowhere well, else. Well, didn't that to take play. over from that? Yeah, but then that's gone too, and so is Cozy's. And, yeah, and no not problem. to say anything bad about the baked potato, but it's pricey, and you don't play as often in town when you play the baked potato. It's a bigger so deal playing the baked potato. It's I'm not sure as, Joey not still plays potato, right, right? But it's more of a show. You know, Lava yeah. Lee was five bucks to get in, and you could play there as many. I mean, Joey was playing there with Marco every Tuesday night for for years. Every Tuesday night, and they had it. They had their their little you know clientele there, and they always sold it out. And yeah. And they always did, like you said, they did really fun versions of pop music. Oh, yeah. More jazzy versions of pop music. And it was really, I, I loved the way they they, oh, man. they played their stuff. It was cool. Yeah, they crushed that. I think when I saw Prince, yeah. wasn't Renato Neto on keyboards? He did that gig. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw him at an arena. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, the one time so I did um, the girl, the percussionist. Um, and she used to sit in with us all the time because she's a really good friend of Joey's. Not Sheila well, E. Sheila, Sheila E. Yeah. yeah. Sheila E. In fact, there was one time when Tribal Tech played in Minneapolis, and I look in the front row, and there's Sheila E. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you doing here? And of course, she was there with Prince. You know, but yeah. she... she um, we know Sheila E., right? Are, we, are you old enough? Or are you? No, I mean, of course I know. I know she is. You're not that old. Okay, when I was... Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, when I was coming up, man, you know, you know, the Escovito family. Yeah. They're like the, yeah, yeah. the Latin jazz family of, of San Francisco, the yeah. Bay Area. Uh-huh. And, and I remember when Sheila, she's a couple years younger than me, and, and uh, 
she was playing. I played a number of gigs either with her or double build with mm -hmm. her because I played in a lot of salsa bands mm -hmm. when I was coming up. She used to sit in with with uh, Marco and Joey sometimes. Yeah, it, she was so badass. Great, great player. Hot. hot too. Oh my god, <laughs> really hot. Damn, super hot and super great player. Ugh. That's a good combination. Yeah, I love that yeah. tune. It was a Senior Seven that you had. Yeah. Would you describe that as your salsa influence, or well, I mean, like I, I've been playing a lot of That was actually more a kind of a I don't know. It was more of like a fusion thing because it was seven, and I guess I wrote that, didn't I? Shit, I've got to bring that back out. But uh, <laughs> great, I was playing man. with I was playing with these guys, you know, in the Bay Area, you know, they were in that world, but they were they were more like the fusion guys than the than the. Latin guys. Right, right. But I played in, in some salsa bands, you know, with Cesar, Cesar, you know, at the, in Armando Parazzo, at Cesar's, you know, the club, Benny Velarde's band and that stuff. I used to sit in with them and then, and, and play in that band. And I played with Pete some. Who was the band that played at Lavalie every Saturday night and they were Latin? Do you remember? I have no idea. I was that place burned Damn down it. before I moved here. I think he's a oh. per, famous percussionist <laughs> that oh. died. Um, super Did famous. It? He was even on The Simpsons. Oh wow! I, I mean, I used I used to go to to, to Lavalie and hear Pancho Sanchez. Pancho Sanchez. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. Did you ever play with him? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because he used to play Lavalie every Saturday night. Wow, and Ramon. Really? Yeah, I'm not thinking about him. He didn't die. There's another guy. Is it um, Ramon? Ramon is his. Uh, what, what are you talking about? Dying? You're Tito. Tito Puente. Tito Puente. Did yeah. he died? Right. Did Tito die? I don't know. I might we be better. wrong, man. I might be wrong. I need to check we, that we, out. This is this is what something I would probably edit out. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we don't edit. We don't edit out anything. we just show how stupid we are. We don't care. No, no, I knew Pancho real well. I knew Pancho from the Cal Jader days. Uh huh. Oh man. Uh huh. Because because he was every Saturday night at Lavalie for many great, years. Man. And yeah. Ramon, the Kimbali uh -huh. player who went out, he's a great jazz drummer. Was uh -huh. there, like, he died okay. recently in town. He, Did you yeah. ever meet Perez Prado? Yeah. yeah. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Wow. I heard I heard this song, one of those mambos. I just fell in love with the melody so much, I recorded a whole instrumental guitar version of it. With, oh, that's great. With band. With a, I'll probably release it at some point. The drums, but so Jude, are you? Have you? Um, have you done a solo record? Oh man, that's a good question. I mean, I, I I've recorded like eighteen songs. There's about three songs released on Spotify or wherever. So you yeah. just released the songs, but so you're, you did, you're yeah. like hip. You're like he's he's got to figure it out. We're like still thinking records. Yeah, and he, no. he's like he's aware because he's got his pulse. He's like. He's not. He's got his head up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I have never put out a record, and my goal is to put out the very last commercially available CD before the medium is completely dead. <laughs> like well, the last UPC symbol. That's actually yeah. a good goal. I think can I just say time that it Rick, just right? I think it's maybe obviously like we're we're, we're going long here, so that we, the, you know Troy cuts these up, and they yeah, become yeah. numerous shows as you oh yeah. Yeah. as you may have noticed from listening. Um, no editing. I just. I, I have my holiday five for twenty five. Oh, the sale. still going. Oh, this might be the Christmas and, show. And, and if, if anybody hears this, <laughs> even though it's probably long after Christmas and New Year's, they can still get it by emailing me. I'll honor the deal. 
Drop it to four and I'm in. Five, five for 25. <laughs> four for 25? You want four seasons no, for 25? No, I want five for four each. <laughs> five for 20? Five for 20. Is okay, it? with no shipping. <laughs> so there you go. It's still five for twenty-five. Okay. <laughs> well, is my five for twenty-five includes free shipping? Well, let me. It's really States. four for twenty. Let well, me. You, you come on. <laughs> it's media mail. It ain't that much. Baby. Let me do a real a, a, a plug for my record and tell everybody that I'm only fifteen hundred dollars away from breaking even. Well, it's like. Uh, is this like a Kickstarter wow. campaign? Yeah, so I look at CD Baby like almost every day and I go, oh, I made another $20. <laughs> like $1,500 bucks and I broke even. Come on, I'm Guitar really Wink. Happy. You so can you gotta take Scott to the buy end. that album. Get Scott's People Mover. Yeah, yeah, ScottHenderson.net. Yeah. You can order it. <laughs> yeah. buy, Scott, buy Scott a new kidney. <laughs> <laughs> you need a new kidney? Yeah, he does. Oh, man. He's going to need a couple oh, of them, actually. I'm so happy, though, when I finally break even on that thing. I'm going to be so happy. And then Jeez. what? Then where do you go, Scott? Then I, then I can sell CDs at gigs. No, and then he's the going to make another one. Yeah. Do another okay, so come here to say, yeah. people, do not feed his addiction. <laughs> All you'll do is force him down this rabbit hole again. Yeah. We'll lose him for a year because he's writing, then he's... Mm mixing then he's arranging then, then he's all neurotic wow. then when yeah. we get him back he like can't talk about <laughs> yeah. anything about stupid shit yeah, for a while until he comes out of it you should it's like, stop it's it. like he's known me all my life <laughs> stop the cycle folks yeah, it's, it's a sickness it's, it's a disease of a cup of coffee each day you can adopt yeah. a fusion musician <laughs> yeah just decide never to make a record again and just play my guitar the world doesn't make records yeah. when are we going to learn this we're Jeez. such geezers man just make a minute's worth of shit and put it on Instagram. It's the same fucking <laughs> well, thing. Is that, I mean, is that, that is interesting. You're talking about uh, the, the younger generation and Frederick Holland. You know, that's definitely his approach. He's the right, guy yeah. that's 25 years old and plays yep. with Colby yeah. Calais and all these. Yeah. He's just like, I put out a single and I see how it does and I see what the reaction is. It's like instant reaction. Right. Then he puts out another single three months later or mm -hmm. two months later or whatever. Yeah. So that is something. But I mean, He's also not doing solo tours. When you're out there on the road, there's nothing that I know any of us would rather sell to a fan and autograph than our own CD worth of songs. Mm. I have to say that's true. That's the best thing you can ever that's, hand somebody. That's, that's, to me, that's like, uh, well, since I've done it now 25 times you know, Scott life, would much rather go uh, out with like, a Victoria's Secret model yeah. than sign CDs. That's true. Well, I, I think we'd all like <laughs> so to do that. So you said there was nothing you'd rather do more. <laughs> yeah, 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 I uh, think uh, rather. say second. Uh, in other words, the best thing he can hope for... No, but like I'm talking about like gear that you could sell at the merch desk or something when you're interacting and you have that moment after yes, the show. Because that is a that is part of the gig, man. You go out in front of the stage and you meet and greet and you sign everybody's but CDs and have photographs. And that's there have to be at least three people at the yeah. gig yeah. to do. That. There have to be more people than in the band, right? Yeah. And for us, that's three. Yeah, so that's, that's why that's there, why I have a one man show now. <laughs> If there's four people there, even doing sound good. Man, I'm like in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time in Korea. In Korea, they, they really do this a lot. They have the meet and greet, and it's kind of a big yeah. deal. They set up the tables and everything. So one time, 
Jeff Berlin and me and Dennis did our little show, and it was kind of a short show because it was a festival. Yep. So we only played about an hour, maybe hour and 15 minutes. But the meet and greet was three hours long. <laughs> and so fans just kept coming by. And, and for them, it's like a ritual. It's, it's not like a... a Oh, let me buy your CD, and then as long as I'm here, can we take a picture? It's not like that. It's like there's steps. Right. Like first they hand you the little cardboard thing that you <laughs> sign, right? And then they give you the somebody else the money for the CD, and you yep. give them the CD, and then they come and they take their picture, and it's one person at a time, and there's a line like you can't see the end of it. It's just, so you know it's going to go on for a long, long time. Oh yeah, yeah, because well, it's that's just the way they do it there. It's, it. it's it's kind of a trip, but Sometimes it's fun. When, when we know? play at these festivals, and, and it's always wonderful to be involved in in signing these things and T-shirts and stuff that we sell at Jefferson Starship shows. You know, I'm the new guy, seven yep. and a half years or or whatever. <laughs> David Freiberg, you know, he's an OG. He goes all the way back to '65. You know, wow. it's but it's funny. I noticed like you think like it's the end of the line, but once the line gets short, well, other people are just like, huh. The line's only five people long. Then they just hop on. Yeah. Ah, it's the next prize. So then it goes like another hour or something. Yeah. <laughs> Can go a long time, man. But, I mean, that whole thing, though, about changing formats, I think when sh if you're as old as me and you've been doing it this way for such a long time, you can't change it. Because I don't think your fans would dig it. And, and no. I know I wouldn't dig it. Like, no. I wouldn't dig it. I mean, you're not, you're not attracting 14, 15-year-olds, really. No. What format? You're talking about CDs versus Hopefully CDs or just making <laughs> it a CD. In his case, in case yeah. he may have even 500 feet within a school. Man. Yeah, so you that's right. I'm banned. Anymore. But it, <laughs> is, is that the is It's that hard the to thing? autograph an MP3. Jude is like just 60 seconds, uh, get it on Instagram, and that's that's the way to hopefully getting attention enough to get signed or get whatever they do now. Whatever the kids well, do Well, you nowadays. flatter me with thinking that I might know anything about this at all, <laughs> which I, I'm not sure... But, you know, we all watch the same thing, you know. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's all, I mean, you're asking, like, how far can an Instagram <coughs> video take you for real? I don't know. I guess it's, it's really, like, kids are blowing up in the middle of nowhere and just one video can yeah. take you to... Well, isn't that how I mean, Jacob Collier got his start basically on youtube right yeah, i mean yeah. nobody knew who i didn't know yeah. who he was until i saw him on youtube yeah yeah, yeah. so if it wasn't for youtube it's not like i went out and bought his record no. the cream so. rises to the top for <laughs> sure you yeah. know yeah. Um, i mean yeah. i think for most of them unfortunately they could they could have a hundred thousand fans on instagram but those are people that aren't necessarily going to show up to a gig right. even in a city of la where maybe they say they have five thousands of those fans are in southern california like it's really hard to get those online viewers to show up. I mean, and also there's this whole thing. I mean, I know with my missus, she was building an Instagram following for her, uh, uh, like, renovations of houses and stuff like that and design and all that shit. Man, the amount of time she spent on her phone just trying to get 10,000 followers was fucking insane. And, and then there's... You can buy followers. You can buys programs that will Absolutely. just add followers mm -hmm. so you can have 250,000 followers and it might be a hundred thousand yeah. might be just complete bs so yeah you never know if they're really a true rabid fan base yeah, some, yeah. in some cases they really that's got to be a bit of a crapshoot 
but it sure worked for Matthias. Look at look at Matthias. I yeah. mean, he started <clears throat> on the web, yeah. and now he's out playing really big gigs and yeah. doing really well for himself. So but also, he had a he had a he he was doing something different and a little new that resonated with people. Like he was smart about that too. Like, and he's a great player. Yeah, and yeah. that's where he, when he says the cream rises to the top. That's what we were talking about the other week when Bruce was just saying, "Be a badass." Yeah, it's like if you're a great player. You got to do far less work to to quote with for lack of a better term make it yeah than than somebody who is an average player yeah so you know be so a badass an average player do you just go spend more time I don't know you know be a badass be a badass no, shut up quit talking about yeah, it yeah I, I mean yeah. you know Matthias you can hear one note. You can tell the guy is a really great player. That's the Brazilian guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's a really good player. I mean, as soon as John Sir heard him, he said, Man, I wanna get I wanna endorse this guy. Because yeah. John loves blues. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a good blues player, you're gonna get endorsed by John. He'll want you. Like yeah. if you're an outstanding blues player, yeah. and that's why he wanted Kirk Fletcher and he's talking to Josh Smith. Yeah. And blah blah blah. I mean, he loves blues. Yeah. I don't know why the hell I'm on. <laughs> I'm there. I was just the first Dude, guy. You have so much blues in your the playing. First guy. Stop it. But whatever. I mean, it's just it's not my, you know, thing that I'm known for that much. But well, anyway, he, he heard dog um, party. I think maybe. Yeah, John always tells me, "Man, you should do another dog party, man." That's all he says. <laughs> hey, John, did you listen to my album People Mover? You should do another dog party. <laughs> But yeah. why, don't, why don't you do another dog party? Ah, man, I, I've been there, done that, you know. I don't. Why don't, I don't you do? Hey, why don't you do another bar. dog party? Yeah. But do all the songs in different keys. You mean besides A and E? <laughs> well, <laughs> do them in B flat and do E flat. Do it in E flat. Do it in jazz keys. <laughs> do it in the jazz keys, man. Uh, you know. Just a quick aside. What was your tone rig on Hold Digging? Or, it was the same for the whole record. It didn't. Yeah. It was just I a matchless was... amp and a ca and a Marshall four by twelve cabinet and a tube screamer. That's that was it. it. Yeah. That was it. You know, Fucking enough sure fifty seven. That's it. Some yeah. Yeah. Those matchless amps. They sound. They sound good. But you know, they sound pretty much the same as John's Badger. Yeah. It's a class A, crystally. You know that. You know that tone. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's that real sparkly kind of bell-like tone it's also in the hands too man it's, i mean i guess you know. i mean that that guitar that i played on that album was such a piece of shit it was like this fender reissue that was really not in good shape at all but i put decent pickups on it and that helped a lot yeah because I, th I think i put um those were those uh lindy fralin woodstock oh, pickups yeah, yep, those yep. those things have that real sparkly sound man you know it's a good it's a good tone for that kind of music for sure Matthias has really good tone too. That's like another thing I noticed about that guy, man. Yeah. When I saw his demo on the Sir website, whoa, like tone for years. He's been just, here in flight. Had him man, here he's in flight. really good. He's just down the street. Why don't we get him on the show? We should have Wait. Matthias on the show. Matthias yeah. Asado? Yeah. Or, is he back? I don't know. Is he back I from mean, where? I know he went. We were oh. talking a while back about having Wasn't him on. He and he's him? like, I'm back in Brazil, dude. I mean, oh. I know he still does tours, but he might be back now. I'm, I'm, now Wasn't I'm sounding really ignorant. With, was he having trouble with Black Phaser or not? I don't know. I don't know him that well. 
Hmm. Yeah, he yeah. was on the show. I mean, he's just a young... I don't know him at all. He's a really young kid, right? I was just using him for yeah. an example of somebody yeah. who started on the web and then they branched out into the real world. And now, who's the who's his? what's his main gig? He's playing with somebody. Didn't Big pop singer. The, um, oh, the redhead piano chick, right? Um, oh, what's her name? Oh, are you talking about Tori Amos? Tori, what are you, but Tori? I, I don't know. He How was playing with this uh, with a newer singer who uh, I'm blanking on her name. I think maybe my friend. Dario, I forget, but Dario he's, he's you know he's there. playing big venues, you know, and, and out there doing it. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, well, yeah, those are great videos. I mean, it's just yeah. a, it's very heartening to me to see how the so many young guitarists love him because they're loving someone that's so tasteful. Like, he just usually plays yeah, just a few notes, and he, he's yeah. kind of what you've been talking about. Yeah. Very like, musical. It's very musical playing. People have yeah. good taste. And it's really music, good. You know. Yeah, he's really, really good. Well, that's... I mean, it's amazing that you you meet so many players. I, I mean, I, I don't know anybody that knows as many players as you do. You I know, never really thought just, about it. You just, I mean, from all the work yeah. at Guitar Player Magazine to what you're doing now, through every single style of music, you've met jazz, country, rock, blues, whatever. I mean, you've met so many players. It just, it just must be amazing just because you get to be inside their heads for a little bit and see how everybody has a different approach. That must be kind of mind-boggling in a way. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, it's funny. Like, I remember, yeah, there are those surreal moments. Like, my first issue of Guitar Player was Steve Morris. He's playing his tele- oh, Telecaster wow. with the uh, with the, all the pickups on it, his old Dixie Dregs yeah. guitar. Wow. And uh, I got to see him play when I was 15. Me too. Well, I saw the Dixie Dregs because I was from Florida. This was so. his solo band uh-huh. after, right after the album, the introduction came out, and he yeah. was just. It was the most one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen. I saw them at least five times, and they yeah. were always He's really. He was just it was seventies coming out, and then then years later to interview him a few times, and then become friends, and then you know go backstage and Deep Purple interview him there. He, he was on the show, and then where's like, he based hmm. out of? Where's he live? Well, I think he still has his place in Florida. With a, oh, he's out there. With an He's a pilot air. too. He yeah. was one of the guys that went to University of Miami. Right. With, during the time Jocko was, was there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Jocko, Pat Matheny, yep. all those guys went to University of Miami. Yeah. And Steve might have stayed in Florida where the rest of them yeah, bailed. He's got an airstrip on his property. Yeah, That's right, he's a pilot. pilot. Yeah, right, yeah. right. I mean, he was a legit pilot, which is the only time we've ever seen him with short hair. When yeah, he flew oh, him and Randy Burnson, too. You know, Randy Burnson's a pilot. Do you, yeah, do you know no. him? Randy Burnson is a really good jazz guitar player from Fort Lauderdale, who actually, he, he replaced, when I left Joe's band, he replaced me for a while. He was at playing with Joe for a while. But he played for a long time with Jocko and Othello, the steel drum player. Wow. And he was like the jazz guitar player down in Florida during those years when Jocko was down there. And uh, really good player. And there's so and, many uh, badasses from yeah. Florida. It's crazy. Yeah. Did you grow up there? Because I know you. Yeah, I grew up in Florida. Yeah. Whereabouts? West Palm Beach, but I wasn't part of that scene like where the, the all the good players were because I wasn't good enough then. I mean, right. I wasn't I wasn't good enough to even you know jam with those guys. But I I was a fan, right. and I went you know and I always watched them play. There was a band. In fact, it was Othello's band, 
and Jocko was in the band, and wow. Randy Burnson, and um, a, a really good bass player. I can't f- remember his his name, but he was burning. Um, Jocko just sat in all the time. Um, sometimes drunk sat in, sometimes really great sat in, depending on, because this was during the time when he was kind of on his last legs with Weatherport and, right. you know, like sometimes he'd be stoned out of his mind and sometimes he'd be killing. Just depends. Yeah. Yeah. Before he just completely went. But, um, yeah, but anyway, that's during the time where a lot of players were down in Florida. Um, there was that guy, Side, was this Whitman, maybe Side Whitman, who was, who was the head of the Miami Jazz uh, band. Whit Man, Seidner. I have no Whit idea. Whit Seidner. Great. I'm sure you're They saying. had one of the best big bands in the country at that school. And they played so many different styles, everything from Count Basie to Weather Report. And they were brilliant. It was one of the best college big bands going at, at that time. You know, I, yeah. at, at least I thought so. They were amazing. <clears throat> but whatever. Yeah, I'd love to see some big band stuff come back too. I mean, some of that stuff is so. Bruce powerful. knows some, like, you know, you some current. How's that juggernaut big band? Are they are they happening? No, 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 no that's not happening anymore. But but were they were they a really good big band? Yeah, they were good. At the, great at the big time. band. All these guys in L.A. Sure, man. Uh-huh. Around here, you know, even the Bill Holman band's still going. A lot of uh-huh. younger guys are playing in it. The Clayton Hamilton band around here is probably the. Premier band. How about the Dick Sheldon big band? Were they happening? Dick Sheldon. Do, was it is no Jack. She, Jack Sheldon. Dick Do Sheldon. Jack. Jack, Jack Sheldon. is not doing so well, but the, the band just played his birthday celebration. He's had like 80th birthday or something. See, I never saw. I never Jack's saw not them. doing so well. Jack, uh-huh. I don't know if you know about it. Jack. Was like the world's funniest comedian ever. Yeah, I mean, great I know. singer, yeah, great sure. player. Yeah, one of my heroes. Yeah, I mean, just beyond how brilliant he is yeah yeah and he's still with us but barely uh-huh so i he, never saw that big band at that what was that club that they played in it was it was on ventura boulevard and they played there a lot they played there almost who, every week which band sheldon's J- band? jack sheldon's big band remember that club on ventura boulevard in studio city was it the one on, you mean right off on van nuys the carmelos no uh-uh. Okay. It was another one. It was right on the boulevard. Uh, and, you guys are giving and, people all over the yeah. world this knowledge of the streets of L.A. Yeah, I know. And they don't care. And they don't care. It's like you're bringing <laughs> them into the community. Yeah. Which is well, no, it's, it's great. You know, we've been living here a long time, and as jazz musicians, the scenery has changed quite a bit. Like, it's it, yeah. it's... It's not quite as jazz friendly as it used to be. I I don't think you know because there used to be a lot more clubs where people played and the door price was pretty low and people c- c- could come in like Lava Lee five bucks, yeah. Cozy's five bucks, Cafe Cordial well, free. The, the whole world's gotten more expensive. I mean everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm dealing with playing at places like Alva's in San Pedro and Baked Potato where it's twenty five bucks to get in and two drink minimum do you like playing at catalina's so i would not want to play at catalina's because i don't like the sound 
You know, it's a big, boomy room. Those are, right. That's kind of... Speaking of which, Stern is coming in oh, like, tomorrow he, or Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Is he playing Catalina's? Yeah. I wonder why he doesn't play baked potato, because I think he would really like it. I would, too, but I guess Catalina's bigger. You know, Catalina's, the old Catalina's, sounded a lot better than the new Catalina's. You know, the the, the old one... Oh, I love the Cahuenga? Yeah. Oh, I love that. It was a jazz club. That sounded fine. I mean, that if this is a showroom that you know with a with a strange layout and it's but, a weird but, yeah. high, super high ceiling. And I saw Kurt Rosenwinkel there. High stage. And honestly, man, I I had my fingers and my ears all night to be able to hear what he was playing because the room ambience just drowned everything out. And so I sitting here like this with my fingers in my ears so I could hear Kurt. Because all I could hear was like the rumbling from the bass drum and the and just the whole right. thing was a rumble. Yeah, you got to find the right spot. Yeah, it was it was hard. I mean, I was sitting right in the middle of the room. You'd think it was a good spot, but it was just it's a boomy room. The it's new a, Catalina, a, the the new one. Yeah, yeah. I, the yeah. last time I was there, I saw Stern, and uh, I mean. I don't even care about the sound because he's just so much fun to watch. He's yeah, like, he's fun, man. That guy yeah, is so much New fun when he's I playing. I saw him in New York not too long ago. I like, was, illegal was amounts of fun. He's just smiling. Yeah. I and he's him. doing good with his right hand, yeah, right? He's it, doing it, all right. Well, he was, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, it wasn't, you know, I mean, the same. I uh -huh. mean, it, it, the guy, you know, with one finger and one arm could be right. brilliant. So right. let's go there stipulate that but i heard him at the 55 bar in uh, new york wasn't this last so we would have been last may or mm -hmm. something and it, he was struck you could tell he was he i mean it sounded great but you could tell he was unhappy with mm -hmm. his just recovery at yeah that point well but i broke his shoulder in five I'm different sure, but places it's, but That's it's, but it's six months since then now uh-huh so it's probably you know, a lot better. Yeah, and, I'm I mean, sure, and yeah. the guy, like I say, if he played half of what he played that night, I would have been happy. Yeah. <laughs> so he's so brilliant. Yeah, yeah man, he's great. I've played so many um, festivals with him in Europe. Like, we've been on the same festival, and it was funny because he won't, uh, he won't play second. <laughs> it was so funny because every time I, I was supposed to warm up for him, you know, because he's way more famous than me. He's been playing in Europe way longer than I have. And we were always supposed to be the warm-up band for him. And he said, no, <laughs> I'm playing first. He, he <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, I don't know. He just always wanted to play first. He just, that's it. And I said, okay, Mike, you know. And for me, it was like, okay, because for me, it was like an inspiration. You know, most of our warm-up bands... You know how some you get local yokel warm up bands. Most of the time, they're not that good, and you just go, "Oh God, it's a, like a it's a loud fusion band with some guy playing a million jillion notes and not that many good ones." And you and and when you follow that, you have a feeling like the audience is just so sick of music that they don't even want to hear you now, right? But after you follow Mike Stern, you go, "Holy shit, I better play good because they just yeah. killed it." You yeah. know. It's inspiring, you know, to go up on stage after somebody like that. So yeah, uh, what yeah. well, well, I got I got a bolt here. So Jude, I uh, want to I want to turn it over to Jude here and say, Jude, what's the plans? What the what's plans. your what's your future? Yeah, we what, always ask people what, like, <laughs> what, what, what's like, what's like, what where do you see it all going 
for Jude and the rest of the world. <laughs> I, I don't think. Small so, well, question. Well small said. Question. I can't predict either of those answers, but I know that I could. It's, I have, it's okay. It's around Christmas. I have laundry but in the dryer. Sitting right on my now. lap, and I'm dressed like Santa. What do you want? Oh my gosh, man! That's a, after this world record podcast, you're gonna, that's a heavy question, bro. And, and it's um, going to be cut I into mean, many, so you're in many podcasts. What do I want, like, for the future of civilization? No, just Jude Gold and then the civilization. Well, like I I mean, I think I've said everything that I'm doing. Like, you know, we got this new Jefferson Starship stuff. Three. Is it going to go to, like, Jefferson Wheelchair or Jefferson <laughs> yeah, Walker? Jefferson. Somebody the other day said... Uh, Jefferson Wheeled Stretcher. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Sean. Oh, yeah, that was a funny one. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, yeah, who knows? But, yeah, we're just cooking along with all that stuff. And like I said, man, I want to put out the last CD ever. No, my first CD. So that should probably be coming up. That's cool. The last CD ever, man. Last CD ever. It won't be <laughs> that. That should be, no, that should be the be name of it. On, that's well, still a great know. name for it. What, what yeah. about the No Guitar Is Safe podcast? Let's give it. Where do people go to find it? If you didn't know because you're listening to a podcast now and you wanted to find another podcast that dealt with guitar, dare you yeah. deviate from Guitar Wank? You Go ahead. Yeah, where, where do you go to find... Help me get out of this business. <laughs> where do you Same find a podcast that's far better than ours? <laughs> yeah, oh, where do you that. go to a better podcast if you're sick of this podcast? Where uh, do you go? Guitar Wank? Get, I, mean, no, I don't even have a website. I mean, it's just on the podcast apps, whatever you, you choose. You don't have whatever, a website. Whatever, Look at that. Whatever platform... I mean, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably on an app, and it's probably right next door. Would it be iTunes? iTunes, Spotify. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Are you on Spotify? Google phone. I don't think. Why are we on Spotify? Right? We're not should, good enough. Should we it, be on Spotify? You just got to fill out the. Go, I can send you the link. All right. You just submit. It took me a while too because they they're you know. Troy, get us while. on Spotify. Oh, more work I got it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> maintaining a website on top of everything else and. You know, no, we've got, no, we got a website. There's though. no You guys have a great website, but like it's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, no, it's yeah, not, it really. Is. But, uh, mate, yeah. it was it was such a pleasure, and I've been I've been throwing like hooks at you for like probably and, six and, months. And we'll all come then. and play on your podcast if you want to. Like, yeah, I know you've had me and Scott, but you'll get to hear we, Troy, yeah, and we we, we can sit here and like and make yeah, him well, play, and we can just talk about. <laughs> we'll, it. we'll all come on. We could be the. Trio. We could do that if you want to. If you want to do that, recipro- <laughs> reciprocity. Question, how do we? How do we get? You, I think guitar players should do a story on these two guys, and what yeah. they're doing, like together, the two guys, the two old guys doing their thing. Oh yeah, that'll really make <laughs> that would, happen. Wouldn't that That's, be an amazing story? You know, the chances <laughs> of that happening are one in three Did I just sell that amazingly? Two old guys doing their thing. <laughs> and like, Dr. Josh, really Dr. Josh Smith, he knows about that. <laughs> hey, you know. Oh, yeah, that Josh is some old guy. <laughs> you guys could be two some old guys doing their thing. Uh, I think I that's a guitar just, player I'm actually story. in the latest issue of Guitar Player. Which one? Uh, you are. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know which one it is. What is it? January or what? February? This sounds terrible to say, but I've only seen the article online. Like I don't. Even, <laughs> like yeah. We're talking about print. And I you didn't make it to print. No, 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 no. I, no I, the article I, is in the magazine. I but got I'm the just magazine saying. in the mail, and I, you know, I did the photocopy of it so I could put it in my little computer. Yeah, the same way I did with mine last. I, I had yeah. the I had the end of the year too. I think uh, you know I was uh-huh. kind of like okay, we got to get him, uh-huh. get him again. What uh-huh. what what issue? 
I'm not really sure. It, it might be. I was January. saying it's online as well. The article. Yeah, so Jimmy Hendrix right. was on the cover of my issue. It's like yeah. they, 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 they got, got, they got no, so many current. I think Pedal was on the cover of my issue. <laughs> they got the only guy less current than me. Dude, how do we get in Guitar Player Magazine? Like who? What? Who do you got to fuck? Who do you got to fuck? You know what? I get in Guitar Magazine every four or five years when I do a record. That's how I do it. Really? Yeah. Like, that's the only time I'm ever in the magazine is after a record comes out, and that's been consistent over the last 20 years. We're coming up to 200 shows. I think that's Guitar Player Magazine. We'll be here after they're gone. The first thing to do is you have to send a pitch. Have you pitched anybody? I just pitched then. Some couple of old guys tell them what they're doing. There you go. <laughs> we just need an email of somebody with, like, real clout. Yeah, well, you gotta, Obviously, yeah. we've had Jude here, send and you can. To, help us to, out. <laughs> to me, I'll, forward, I'll put you in touch with Chris Scapoliti. Scap- yeah, let's get Scapoliti on the show. We'll yeah, talk yeah, to he's Scap- cool. Man. He, he says like know. he should be in The Irishman, that movie. He's in New York City? <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm coming back. I'll, I'll go, I'll go right, talk Scapolini. to him. All right, Scapolini, we're coming after you. Invite him to my show. Yeah, I should invite him to my show, too. Yeah, yeah, we'll invite him to our show. Yeah, he's in Brooklyn, but, you know. Yeah. Sounds like a mafia Scapolini. It's Scapoliti. Oh, Scapolini. Close enough. Uh, Scapolini. Yeah, yeah that, you're, you're really winning friends here, Troy. I think you should shut up all your head. <laughs> We're going to lose, Troy, because the mafia is going to take him out. The yeah. world's going to take him out. That's yeah. it, man. Well, well Jude, yeah. thank you so much Thanks for being for doing here. Thanks for doing this. Is that right? No guitar is safe. No guitar is safe. Go check it out. Our fellow podcaster, and we are merely in the presence of greatness. Thank you, Jude. You guys are so flattering. Thanks for having me over here at Guitar Wank World Headquarters. This is pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. It It doesn't get any better. (laughs) I'm with Scott, man. You got like. I'm looking at a matchless, a Vibrolux, another Vibrolux. There's a this Dumbo right there. There's a Dumbo. Oh, see all this, this stuff? Not, this is, not even, is that yours? Not, that's my Dumbo. Yeah. This is Dumbo. Man, that's the great way to hide a Dumbo. Yeah. yeah. And you guys don't plug any of this shit in. No, it's so. I don't no, even play no, guitar. It sounds, it sounds really shit. good as long as I don't play it. <laughs> We're just guitar yeah. owners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll have to plug in on the show sometime on No Guitar Safe so I can learn more about you. Okay. Tell your audience. I have a lot of yeah. people write and go, you know, we're listening to No Guitar is Safe. They have some really good guests on that show. <laughs> oh, did I just break the mic? Oh, well, fuck. Okay, well, I'm out of here. He's breaking mic. I'm out of here too. I'm gonna get out. I gotta get out of here. I've got to. I've got to. I've got a paper route. I gotta go. I've do gotta it. leave the house at six a.m. Oh my god. Whoa. Okay. All right. You well, win. Thank you, Jude. Thank you.